Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, thank you for an opportunity to be in your presence again. We thank you for your spirit and your word. Lord, as we come before your holy word, which is able to give us life, we pray for humility and openness that our lives will never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, um, we have been studying a very important subject entitled, I Shall Not Want. We will be studying it for quite some time. And so, we are in the last part of uh, one of the sections of this important series. I believe that by the time we finish this series, we shall not want. Amen. Now, the, this particular series, or part of the end of the series, is based on a principle found in two scriptures, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, and Genesis 8, 22. All right? And so let's read Galatians 6, verse 7, and then we'll also read Genesis 8, 22. And I'm sure you can remember, as soon as we read them, you remember that you, you'll know that you remember. You know, even if you cannot memorize the scripture, and I keep saying it over and over every week, somehow it should help you to memorize the scripture. Peter, Galatians 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Let's read it again. Be not mocked. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. Genesis 8:22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Do you remember? Let's say it again. Genesis 8:22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So the first thing is what I'm teaching you, seed time and harvest. And the second one is what do you experience when you first come into the world, cold and hot. So cold and heat, summer and winter, and then day and night is the last common thing. Amen. So you can remember it that way. So you remember the order. Genesis 8.22. Now, God has specifically stated, now I'm preaching for a very short time today because today is just a question I'm just going to ask you, pose you a question and then I'll leave you to answer for yourself. Amen. Are you still there? Now, we have looked at the fact that God has put a principle in the earth 
that because of the existence of seed time and harvest time, we will not need or want anything. When God put man on earth, he knew that man would be okay. Why? Because of harvest time. He knew that there would be harvest time, there would be seed time and harvest time. So he was relaxed. He did not have to rush back to his creation to come and sort out issues. He had given them and provided for them through the principle of harvesting whatever you sow. So it's my duty to teach you and to teach you and to teach you that what you sow can be an important source of provision for you. You understand? I'm not just trying to frighten you to say that whatever bad thing you've done, you know, bad things are going to chase you in the future. No. I'm trying to show you from this principle that you can actually program for yourself to have all your needs met because of this great principle, because of the harvest. Are you with me? It's a very wonderful, easy principle that God has set for all of us. And so that is why we can say, I shall not want. God was not worried about Adam. He was not worried about Noah because he had put them in a place and he had stated that as long as this earth is there, I will never interrupt this thing, seed and harvest. I won't interrupt it. I will allow it to happen always. Since God is allowing it to happen, what you have to do is to see how things are going and start to plant. And if you are not getting any good thing today, you've got to plant something to schedule or program for yourself good harvests for the future. Otherwise, because if you, don't, if you haven't sowed anything, you are not going to reap anything. Throughout the year, plant seeds. And so I, I will share with you three important seeds. Is that not so? Three important seeds that Christians need to have, get, and be involved with. Because these three seeds... When you plant them, you will lead yourself to a situation where you shall not want. Is that not so? What are the three seeds? The seed called help. And we've talked so much about that, we cannot go into that. Number two, a seed of money. And number three, a seed of wisdom. All right? Because we see in the Bible that wisdom produces wealth. In his left hand are riches and uh, honor, and his right hand is length of days. Or oh, is it the other way? Well, one of the hands is holding this, one hand is holding that. So, wisdom is a very powerful seed, and um, anybody who invests in that or plants that seed is going to, as a result of having invested in himself the seeds of wisdom, reap it. My father told me when he was alive, my father died uh, some years ago. My father was also arrested by uh, the government uh, of the uh, anyway, the government which was headed by Rawlings and this same group of people. And uh, he, was, he was made to lie on the floor. He didn't have a student mattress. And he was made to lie on the floor in the Nima police station. He slept there uh, how many nights? No charge was made against him. No charge. He was not charged up till today. Uh, when even the court had a case, the court was set aside by some powerful person. 
And uh, they said he was going to sell his hotel that he had built to pay an electricity bill. Electricity bill. He was going to sell his hotel. My father was also a respectable man. He was also about 58 years old when he was. I heard somebody complain that he was 55 years old. He has not been to prison. My father had also never been to prison before. He was an eminent lawyer, not a, a clerk, a law clerk. He was a lawyer. And uh, after that, his heart was broken. Because, you see, they particularly tried to disgrace him. So they filmed him in the prison, in the Nima police station. They filmed him like that and brought it on. Two times, seven o'clock news. His heart was broken because he was a noble citizen of the country. He was, he was, he was, he was so head. After that, he went to England for six months and used all his money to just be away over there. For six months, he never came to Ghana. Even when I was getting married, I told him, Daddy, I want to get married. When are you coming? He said, I cannot say when I'm coming. I'm just going away from this place. He used all his money over there because he was so broken inside. I'm surprised that some people are surprised that they are 55 years old and they are going in there. And then they took a picture of him combing his hair like that and they brought it in graphic. Like his hand was like this. And they said, Mr. Ennen, who had not combing his hair prior to his release from Nima police station for not paying electricity bill. It's a wonderful world. And some people are surprised that they are in there. Galatians 6, 7, Father. <laughs> Harvest time and seed time. Hmm. Anyway, what was I telling you? I was telling you that my father told me something. He said to me, son, whatever you do with the first 25 years of your life will determine how the next 45 years of your life will be. 25 plus 45 is 70. So he said, what you use the first 25 years, what you do with the first 25 years will determine how the next 45 years of your life will turn out. And I think that it's true because what he was actually saying was Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. He was actually saying Genesis 8.22 in his own way. You know, that in the next 45 years I will harvest what I have invested in the first 25 years. I became a doctor on the uh, 10th of March 1989. I was 26 years old then. And um, uh, I was 25 years old actually when I became a doctor. 25 years old. And um, that was the first 25 years of my life. I got born again when I was around maybe 16, you know. And I served the Lord all the way till the time I was 25. So the first 25 years of my life, I'm memorizing scriptures, going for scripture union. I never smoked, drank, all those kind of things. I wasn't involved. So that, those are the first 25 years of my life. So the first 25 years of my life leads to a certain kind of the next 45 years of your life. Are, are you still in the church? Are you in the church? So if you are a young man or a young woman and you are not yet 25, remember what is being said. And even if you are 25 and you have misused the first 25, then yours becomes 35. The way you spend the first 35 years of your life will determine how you spend the next 35. So you are still in the, included in the boat. How many are glad to be included? And uh, you still got some time to spend the next few years properly. Hallelujah. Are you in the church or you decided to go back? All right. And if you are about 35, then you are 50, then the next 20 years, amen, can be used to reap something good. Now, because of the harvest, you will reap certain benefits. 
Now, when we talk about help, helping people is one of the important seeds you must sow. Money is an important seed you must sow. And wisdom is an important seed. You plant wisdom by receiving the word. That's why I'm always listening to tapes. I don't care if you don't listen to tapes. I keep teaching you to listen to tapes and buy. You saw those two girls on stage. One of them was investing in the word. You get what I'm saying? And she was soaking in the word. And others was investing in spring rolls and in meat pies. You know? I was talking to the one who sells the meat pies. And I was asking whether she was annoyed when I preach against her meat pies. But she said she was not annoyed at all. Amen. But anyway, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy meat pie. Buy them when you need to buy them. But buy the books. Buy the tapes. Listen to them. Soak them in. If I'm soaking in tapes, you need to soak in tapes. You need to soak in tapes. When you do a calculation, you will find out that you, those of you who have cars, you spend more than two semesters of a university in your car. Two semesters of lectures in your car every year, just driving, just calculating. If you spend one hour going or two hours going, one hour coming, you're just calculating and you calculate the lectures you need. Maybe I should ask a lecturer, how many hours do you need to do one course? Please, lecturer. Yes, for one subject. How many hours in a, in a semester? Do you know? How many lectures a week? Three hours a week. And how many weeks in a semester? 16 weeks in a semester. So three times 16 is 48. And 13 weeks of teaching. This is a lecturer. She's telling us that you use 13 weeks to teach and three weeks for exams. So 13 weeks of teaching of three hours a week for one subject. Is that not so? So 13 times three is what? 39. So let's make it, let's round it up to 40. 39 plus one is 40. When you put 22 together, you realize that 39 plus one is 40. So you get 40 weeks, 40 hours, make up one subject. A subject like what? A subject like law of contract. And how many subjects do you, do you do? What would a student do in a year? Three? Seven subjects. Is that postgraduate or normal? What you are running as postgraduate. But I'm talking about an ordinary. You, you were a student. Tell me. You just calculated. Yeah? Oh, a minimum of 18 credits, which is equal to how many hours? No, no, one credit hour is seven hours of lectures, isn't it? Okay, I'm going back to her formula is easier. Seven hours, so 39 hours, 40 hours, and we are doing four subjects, seven subjects. Seven subjects times 40. Seven times 40 is how much? 280 hours. Okay. How long does it take you to spend 280 hours in your car? Let us say you spend, how many hours do you spend in your car every day? When you are going to work and back, four hours. This man uses four hours in his car. So four hours into 280 is how much? Four, 280 divided by four is equal to how much? 70. So in 70 days, one week is seven days. So 70 days is how many weeks? Ratio. If 10 is to 70, 70 is to what? Huh? 10 weeks. So in 10 weeks, you have covered huh? 280 hours of lectures in your car. 
alone, assuming you have a car, and I see you having a car. Never, ne look, ne never take lightly when I talk about having a car. Do you remember during the miracle service recently, we were taking an offering, and then I called a young man. I said we, we should all give a special offering. I asked him whether he has a car. He said he didn't have a car. Do you remember? And I was it Pastor Eddie? I told him to can give him some money because he. he Kobe, yeah. He came to show me his car. He just wanted to show. Yes, you gave him the money to plant the seed. So they came to show me the car. They want to show me that the car is. I said, powerful. God bless you, brother. It's real. Amen. So when I, when I say that you'll be driving, in fact, today, immediately after church, I'm going to tell a couple of people to start driving lessons. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because they that thought they would not drive shall be driving. Now, back to our university uh, lecture. So, that's, we are studying what? Uh, law. And that's for one year. Yeah. One semester. Okay, so in 10 weeks, that is January, February, and half of March, in your car alone, you expose yourself to one semester of intensive university education. By listening to tapes only in your car, assuming that you don't listen to it anywhere else, only in your car, or if you are at home and you listen to it just two hours a day, or even it's on, you are educating yourself so much. This is why this thing that I'm talking about, Satan is very much against it. To let people see that, look, when you take time to just buy tapes and just put them on, let them be on. Let them be on with you. Because what I know, you don't know. If what I know is what you know, then we would have known by your fruits. We know people by their fruits, not by their cars. So if you will expose yourself, you will become so high, even first of all, you will be so highly educated. You will be so highly spiritually taught. Because you are exposing yourself to so much. That's why you don't have, that's why for tape, if you have a tape and the tape is finished, the tape gets finished, you have listened to it and you can't listen to it again. You have to get a new one. Or three more. Instead of a dress. Any day, that tape will give you the dress. That tape will buy you the dress. More dresses than you can carry. I said more dresses than you can carry. So expose yourself. That's why, you see, people don't know how you can become a pastor by soaking in tapes. Amen. So I invest in myself all the time. My wife was asking me recently, are you reading this book? I said, oh, I'm reading it again. I read again and again and again and again. I listen to tapes over and the same. I've got a tape. The preaching is only 20 minutes. And I just repeat. I, I thought I knew everything on the tape. I, I know that I don't know everything. As I was listening, I had such a revelation. I almost jumped out of my chair. One word from God is enough to keep you waiting. It's, it's, it's okay to have waited 100 hours to just have heard that one word from the Lord for your life. Expose yourself. Expose yourself. Those of you who couldn't go to university, expose yourself. You see, what, what, I, what I'm preaching here is like university education. If you don't know, my materials are being recognized by the university. I will be announcing to you soon. Oh, yeah. It's you, you are being educated and taught. But sometimes, I've heard it before. You've heard it before, doesn't mean anything at all. Heard it before, it's just something has passed over you like that. So these are practical seeds. If you sow, 
again, you are going to be mega. Now, today, in just five minutes, I just want us to ask ourselves one question. And that is, what seeds have I sown to be reaping what I'm reaping now? I'll, I'll say it again. You see, do you know that wherever we are now, there is some reaping going on? Huh? Did you know that? Oh, you people, you don't want me to preach again, I said. Or you are feeling cold because the weather is. Just wrap the person next to you and say, be warm. Now, you couldn't get the question. What seed have I sown to be where I am today? I'll tell you a story. One day I went somewhere. There were about four of us. And then we were out in the open. Then somebody was doing something. As he was doing it, a man who didn't know him came by and then said something very funny about the guy. Not funny in terms of that it was funny, but he was like, he was like laughing at the guy. He said the way the man was standing. He said, oh, why are you standing like that? Who taught you how to stand like that? This, that, that? And he started laughing. Everybody, there were about 14 people standing around. Everybody started laughing. And this man was not amused at all. So we continued. Then, about 20 minutes later, he saw the guy who made fun of him. And he went up to him and he told him, listen to me. We are all gentlemen here. I don't expect you to make fun of me like that in public. I don't know who you are and I, you don't know who I am. So I don't expect that kind of thing from you. And the guy was very surprised and he apologized. So later he came back and we were walking. As we were going, I said, what the man said, you didn't like it then. I said, I realized that what he said, you didn't like it. But he said something that made me think. He said, I have not sown that seed to reap it. <laughs> I'll say that. He said, I have not sown that seed to reap it. In other words, he has not sown a seed of laughing at people for people to be laughing at him. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Tell somebody, I have not sown that seed to reap it. Amen. Now, I realized that this brother, was, his mind was working seed and harvest. So even somebody just laughing at him in that way, he didn't like it. So his mind immediately started roaming seed and harvest. He said, I've not sown that seed to reap it. <laughs> oh, man. So he just tried to put an end to it. So today my question is, what seed have you sown to reap it? Or what are you reaping that perhaps a seed you've been planting, maybe without because let's say if you keep walking on walking around. 
Baby, you are eating oranges. Have you seen how you, you spit out there? But you are planting seed. You think you are just... You are just eating your orange, but you are planting seeds. You think you are just eating orange, but you are planting the seed. <laughs> so, so you see, sometimes we are doing things without knowing that we are actually planting certain seeds. We are actually planting seeds. In English, you say you are inadvertently planting seeds. Without even being aware of it, without even being conscious of it, you are planting it because... Watermelon seed, orange seed, eh? sugar cane, does it have a seed? <laughs> Your yeast seeds, mango, even mangoes, even coconuts. Do you think these coconuts by the, this thing, the, by the beach were planted? Most of them are just people have, so uh, just the, the coconut just falls by the, the side there and it grows. So what seeds have we sown to reap it? Today I want to show you three people in the Bible who sowed seeds to reap it and were surprised. Number one, do you want to know? Second Samuel. Now let's start with. Um, who should I start with? Let me start with First Kings, chapter twenty. Are you there? Um, First Kings, are you with me? Chapter 18. Sorry, chapter 18. And um, tell somebody, I've not sown that seed to reap it. <laughs> Man. Now, First Kings chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days, which was three and a half years, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor, verse 4. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go into the land unto all the fountains, peradventure we may find grass. So they divided the land. Verse 7, And as Obadiah went to the way, behold, Elijah met him and knew him, and he fell on his face. Are thou my Lord Elijah? And he answered, I am. Go tell thy Lord. Behold, Elijah is there. Verse 9, And he said, What have I seen that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of um, Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord has not sent to seek thee. And when they, say he, when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom of the nation, and they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go and tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is there. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee, whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. 
But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from thy youth. Was it not told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifteen a cave and fed them with bread and water? Verse 14. And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. It's important that you keep your word. Otherwise, people will not. Because this guy, he risked his life. If Elijah had lied, and when he goes and he comes, Elijah has dashed, then he would have been a dead fox. All right, verse 16. So Elijah went and showed himself. And Ahab went to meet Elijah, verse 17. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Elijah! That Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, verse 17, Are thou he that troubleth Israel? Are thou he that troubleth Israel? Verse 18, and he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Amen. Are you with me? Notice, notice. Cynthia, are you? Are you with me? Remember, Ahab thought that Elijah was worrying the country. No food, famine, poverty, problems. So, you see, how many know that naturally we don't blame ourselves? Naturally, we don't blame ourselves for anything. In marriage, people have marital conflicts. They never blame themselves. Rarely do people blame themselves for anything. They always say, it is the woman that thou gavest me. It is the man that thou gavest me. It is because we are poor. It is because he doesn't have a job. It is because of that. It's because of this. It's because really do we point the finger to ourselves and say, I am the one who has troubled myself. But if, you see, I am saying this to show you certain scriptures for you to see that certain things are caused by we ourselves. And so when they start or when they seem to be in the system, we must ask ourselves, have I sown a seed to reap it? That happens that now I'm reaping the seed. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. But I told you that today's message is just a question. I'm not saying that every problem that you are experiencing is because of some seeds that you've planted in your past. But it could be, Pastor Eddie, it could be. It could be. It could be that you've been planting certain seeds which are ripped, you are ripping, and you don't even understand why you are ripping. And then you may, you may look and say, oh, why is this troubling me? And then God will say, you are the one troubling yourself. You trouble yourself. You are your father's house. What seed have I sown to reap it? Perhaps I'm reaping something that I, I didn't know that as I was eating the orange. <laughs> out comes the orange. And I planted a seed. When I start to harvest oranges, I shouldn't be annoyed. Jacob, are you in the church? You're still in the church. I'm going to tell you another story. Most of you don't know his name. He's called Zimri. Everybody say Zimri. There's a question which I was reading my Bible one day and then I saw this question being asked. The question was, had Zimri peace who slew his father? Had Zimri peace? The question is, does the man called Mr. Zimri, does he have peace? Who slew his father's house? Does he have peace? Zimri is the king of Israel who reigned for the shortest time, seven days. 
<laughs> he reigned for exactly seven days and his reign was over. And a great question was asked about him in 2 Kings chapter 9. When Ahab, when Jehu went to kill Jezebel, Jezebel realized that big trouble was coming her way. So she came out of the house and put on her makeup. She came out of the house and put on her makeup. And in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30, and when Jehu, Jehu was the new king, and he was very wild. I mean, Jehu was, never call your child Jehu. If, if you are called Jehu, you have to pray about it. Jehu was Samuel. He was anointed to be wicked. Notice, when Jehu came, I thought, I'm just reading three scriptures to you. It's not even one o'clock, we are closing. So don't fall asleep on me. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face like this. And she tired her head, and she looked out a window. Verse 31. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, Had Zimri peace, who slew his master? That's all. That's the question. This woman, eh, she was very crafty. Very dangerous woman. You see, she knew that Jehu was coming to kill her. And she was the king's wife. And you're coming to kill the king. So she reminded him that did Zimri, you know? Zimri, 16. Verse 9. In my new book on loyalty, this guy features there. And in the 26th year of verse 8, 1 Kings 16, verse 8, Asa, king of Judah, began Elah, the son of Basha, to reign over Israel in Tezah for two years. So Elah was the king. Elah, everybody say Elah. Now verse 9, and his servant, a servant, captain of half of his chariots, conspired against him as he was in Tezah, drinking himself drunk in the house of Asa, steward of his house in Tezah. And Zimri, remember this is the servant, went in. And smote him and killed him in the 20th and 70th year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his stead. Verse 11. And it came to pass, I don't know, I told you that this man, he survived for only seven days. And it came to pass when he began to reign, as soon as he sat on his throne, that he slew all the house of Basha and left him not one that pisseth against the wall. One that pisseth against his wall is the dogs. The dogs, that's how they will be. So he said he killed even, even to the dogs. Is that not so? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Okay, where are we? Which verse? Verse 11. And neither of his king folks nor of his friends. Verse 12. Thus did Zimri destroy all the house of Basha according to the word of the Lord which he spake against Basha by Jehu the prophet. For all the sins of Basha and the sins of Elah his son by which they sinned and by which they made Israel to sin in provoking the Lord of Israel to anger with their vanities. Now the rest of their acts of Allah, Elah, and all that they are written, were they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Verse 15. And in the 27th year of Asa the king of Judah, did Zimri reign for how long? Seven days in Tezah. And the people were encamped against Gibbethon. Verse 16. And the people that were encamped had said, Zimri has conspired and hath also slain the king. Wherefore all Israel made Omri, the captain of the host, king of Israel, that day in the camp. And Omri went up 
from Gibbethon, and all Israel with him, and they besieged Tezah. And it came to pass, when Zimri saw that the city was taken, and that he went into the palace of the king's house, and bent the king's house over him with fire, and he died for his sins, which he'd sinned in doing evil in the sight of the Lord, and in walking in the ways of Jeroboam, in his sin which he did to make Israel sin. When he saw, verse 18, that Zimri saw that the city was taken, that he went into the palace of the king's house and burned the king's house over him with fire and he died. Simple. Did he have peace? Why did he not have peace? You see, Jezebel was trying to remind Jehu. Charlie, careful now. You see, Jezebel was shouting out of the window. Careful now. Careful now. As you come to strike me, careful now. Remember Zimri? Remember Zimri? Careful now. But Jehu didn't mind her. He just killed her. You get it? I'm just saying this to say that perhaps there's no peace in your life. Perhaps no joy. Perhaps no happiness. What have you sown that you are reaping a lack of peace? Like Zimri, who had no peace, perhaps you have sown certain seeds that make it impossible for you to have peace. Many people are not happy no matter what they have. They have this, they are still not happy. They have that, they are not happy. And I notice as I go through life that many people are still happy. This one has a car, he's still not happy. This one has a wife, she's still not happy. This one has a husband, she's still not happy. This one has a child, he's still not happy. This one doesn't have a child, he's not happy. Almost everybody has something that makes them unhappy about. And God is asking us a question. Perhaps there's no peace in your life. Perhaps you have not sown certain seeds. Or perhaps you have sown certain seeds that take away peace. I said today's message is a question. Everybody who is married, don't look and point like Adam did. When God came in the Garden of Eden, God didn't say, Eve, where are you? God said, Adam, where are you? God said, Adam, where are you? He didn't say, Eve, where are you? He said, Adam, where are you? It's true that the woman, and he said, the woman that thou give it, they went through the thing, but at the end of the day, Adam was held responsible because he's the head of the house. Anybody who does not have peace, ask yourself, what am I sowing that I don't have peace? What have I sowed that is not allowing me to experience happiness? Had Zimri peace? No, he didn't have peace. Why? Because he slew his master. This one experienced poverty. There was a reason. He said, God pointed out, it's not I who have trouble. You are the one who troubled with this poverty today. You're the one who's troubled yourself. Don't blame anybody. Don't blame anybody. You're the one who has brought yourself that you don't have peace today. So ask yourself, it's time for us to ask ourselves important questions about our lives. And we need to ask yourself, what seeds have I sown? Because sometimes we don't even know the seed that seems to lead to those things. We don't even know. It's, let me tell you something. It's easy to point the finger and say, me, I don't have anything to do with this. It's, it's, it's she who is very, very bad. Or he is very, very evil. If, if you knew his real life and you were to see him in, in real life in action and you see when he has taken off that mask and he's behaving himself and manifesting himself out, then you wouldn't talk like that, but you know the kind of person, the kind of man that I've married. Unfortunately, in my house, I'm the only one who goes through that nonsense every day. You don't know what I've been through. Hey, I beg you. I beg you now. Say, careful now. <laughs> careful. Please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it looks as though you are right, and it looks as though you are going through all kinds of rubbish and this and that and that. But careful now. 
Because if we go through the thing carefully, we may find out that it is really you have also contributed and perhaps your contribution may be greater than you even think it is. That's why I say I get surprised when people are surprised that they are arrested. No, you see, I, I, I think that it's a human thing. We are surprised about how the harvest comes. Oh, We are surprised. And, 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 and you, you get surprised when somebody is now talking about human rights. Is somebody making a joke? Is somebody trying to crack a joke in Ghana that I have not been added to the joke? Am I the only stranger in this country? Is there a big joke? Somebody is talking about human rights. Human rights. Rights of humans. When our walls are broken down, where are the rights? When we cannot play instruments in our own church, where are the rights? of human beings to, to freely worship. Somebody is talking about human rights of human beings. It's amazing. We build a toilet with the church's contributions. And, and here it is. And for what do we get for that? We get our walls broken, our office smashed, my office bent down. People say they want to see me. When they see me on the cup, I say, you are seeing me. This is my office. I have no office. I have nowhere to sit. This is where, that's why after church, you, I, you see me hanging around all the time. When I have meetings, I sit in my car, or I, I, sit, I hang around. I have nowhere to sit. You have removed my security by removing my walls around me. So also your security has been removed around you. Now anybody can arrest you. Anything can be done to you. You've forgotten when the harvest is coming. You can't believe it. You are asking questions. Human rights. When a driver, is, a driver causes an accident, he runs away, and then he's arrested and he's put in prison. He dies mysteriously in the prison. We are talking about rights of humans. Hey, is that a joke? Is somebody cracking a joke? He hasn't told me about it. When the, when the Selassie, Gentiles, and others were beaten in the castle and shaved, and, and then somebody's mother is arrested and put on, and that one is not a right of a human being. A right of a human right. Is somebody joking, a big joke in Ghana? Perhaps you are surprised at that. You can't even relate the two. You can't even relate how the harvest is linked to the seed. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm just asking you to ask yourself some questions. Perhaps it will, it will surprise you to know that what you have been doing is actually what is leading to that state or that situation in your life as of today. I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about where your life is at now. Ask yourself important questions now. Don't point fingers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because you, you may be surprised that you actually contribute so much to your life, but you are not aware that actually it's the seeds that I'm sowing. The seeds that I'm sowing. Like that girl who was sowing seeds into the world. She said, buy me a book. Buy me a tape. She was sowing seeds into her life. She reaped from those seeds. This one just wanted to invest money in her clothes and to look nice and this and that and so on. And she also had her own harvest time. And perhaps something else will marry her and, and, and she'll, she'll be surprised. <laughs> Talk about human rights. Mention all their names, Okujeto, uh, the Bar Association. All of these people have been to prison. All of them have been to prison. Joy FM manager, all of them have all been arrested and put there for some time. You are surprised. You are talking about human rights. I said there is a big joke, only we have not been informed about the joke. 
Careful. I said, careful now. Oh, yeah. And then you see some of them coming on television talking about the rule of law. The rule of law. <laughs> I think I, and then there's a joke going on that nobody has told me about. The rule of law. What law? Is it not the God, God traditional council that is ruling us? When the end of the month comes, we are asking God traditional council to open a special IRS. We are going to pay our tax to them so that they look after us now because they are ruling us now. That's the law. The law is determined by them. We, we won't drum. We'll be here like that. We won't drum. Because three years ago, they came to smash us and so on. We realized that the police, law, this, government, I saw all of them, including E.T. Mensa, in his house and in his office. I saw all of them, all of them, talked to all of them. Today they're talking about human rights. When I see certain people on television saying that uh, they are surprised that they are being arrested, I said, you, I remember when you told me with your mouth, your and problems. We know you to be associated with routes and problems for a long time. <laughs> you are surprised. Listen, had Zimri peace who slew his master? No. Husband, perhaps you are not happy with your wife. Perhaps you don't like your wife anymore. You feel that, eh, if I had married Arabalusi, it, it would have been far better than this experience that I'm experiencing now. You don't like your wife. Perhaps. You don't know that, you see, and perhaps the reason why you don't like her, okay, is because of certain seeds you have sown into her in the first four years of your marriage. Or even in the first year. So the sweetness, on a morning show, the sweetness that you saw in her and were attracted to her and saw that gentle, sweet, beautiful sister and you wanted to marry. After planting some of those seeds for four years, the sweetness has started to yield certain things. When you put two and two together, you may not be happy with it. Oh yes, it's true. It's true. That's, I mean, look, hey, has Zimri peace? No. Same thing goes for husbands and... It's, it's true. Let me tell you, half of marital problems are due to women and half are due to men. Some say, eh, I know that it's a man who calls... No, 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 we are all human beings. That thing has been shared in two. 51%, 50-50. There are some women who also sow certain seeds in their husband for some time. Then after a while, the sweet, gentle person who you saw, whom you were attracted to. Now, he seems to be different. But it's because certain seeds you've been so but you don't even know. That's why I said that these people who are talking about human rights, <laughs> they are surprised, but it's because they don't know that. Look, you've been sowing some seeds. Even this one is not the harvest. This is what we call the early rains.
<laughs> oh yeah. But you know, I, I, I want to say something. I feel that people don't understand when they reap. We have not, not, not that people, we, or me included, we don't, we are confused and surprised when we reap. We can't believe or understand that this thing is as a result of this. Careful. If you want to win an election, be careful. MPP should be careful. We are watching them. If they say there's rule of law, we are watching. If they want to make it a political issue, when the time comes, and we are now going to stand clearly and say, look, church members, we are going to make it, these are people who are anti-church. If a Muslim was making, or when they shout Allah, Wagba, and other things, they don't say anything, they don't try to stop them. But when it comes to the church, they try to stop. When they are making noise at the stadium, shouting, goal, and so on, under the same ban of drumming, nobody talks about it. When discos are playing, when people are having parties, nobody says anything. Only church, it's only the church sound that disturbs the, 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 the gods. It's a wonderful. What about the cornmeal? The cornmeal over here. It's only church sound that the thing is tuned to. If that is the case, then we are going to turn totally political. And I will tell you who to vote. I will tell you. Because the last time, I was influencing you all the time. And I knew that it was working. I knew that I was influencing you. I knew that it was working. But this time, we will become clear direct. direct. If that is what it is, that's what it means. If that is what you are forcing us to. Because we don't have anything to do with anyone. We are in the country. We also have laws. Our, our, when we read about our Bible also tells us that we shouldn't allow witches to live. We should kill all witches. Burn down shrines. It's in the Bible. But the laws of the country... Prevent us from doing such things. Otherwise, we will also burn down the shrines and kill everybody who claims to be a witch or a wizard or whatever in the country. But we are also controlled by the law. So, we are watching them. We are watching them. We were here. The MP for the area came to ask about the walls. I said, we, we, we are here. This is the wall. Go and find out the contract and so on. If you want to do anything, fine. If you don't want to be there, we are also here. If they can come and break down the whole church if they want to. We are all Ghanaians. We are all Ghanaians. We are all in Ghana. It's just a matter of time. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. If you don't fear anything, fear that particular scripture more than any scripture in the world. When the harvest time comes, you will find it amazing. I told you I'm just giving you three examples. First example was Ahab. Second example was Zimri. Third example. <laughs> Second Samuel. Chapter 20. David. How many are enjoying the message today? <laughs> I'm also enjoying myself. Second Samuel 21, verse 1. Notice. What does it say? It said, Then there was a famine in the days of David three years, year after year. And David inquired 
of the Lord because he was the kind of person who would ask, I have not sown that seed to reap it. What is happening that I'm reaping this thing? You get it? What is happening that I'm reaping this thing? Why am I reaping this? So David inquired of the Lord, famine for three consecutive years. Why? And the Lord answered, it is for Saul and for his bloody house because he slew the Gibeonites. Verse 3. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And wherewith shall I make the atonement that ye may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said unto him, We will have no silver, nor gold of Saul, nor of his house. Neither for us shalt thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, What ye shall say, that will I do for you. And they answered the king, The man that consumed us and devised against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coasts of Israel, let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rispah, the daughter of Aya, whom she bare unto Saul, Ammoni and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Basilai, the Meholathites. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hung them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell all seven together, and were put to death in the days of the harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a sad story, isn't it? Huh? What seed have I sown to reap it? Verse 14. The last part. Okay, let's read the whole of verse 14. And the bones of Saul and Jonathan his son buried there in the country of Benjamin and the sepulchre of Kish his father. And they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. Amen. Notice. This is the last example. There was famine for three years. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, why? Why? Amen. Why? And you see, the people of Israel had made a covenant with, what's his name? The people of Gibeon. Do you remember when Joshua was coming out of um, Egypt or was coming out of the wilderness into the promised land? Do you remember? How many remember? Only six of you remember? Okay. Joshua was coming out of the promised land and as he came out of the promised land, what happened was that he met these people who disguised themselves as people who had come from far. Those were the Gibeonites. And they lied to the people of Israel and said, make an agreement with us that you won't kill us. So they made an agreement with them that they wouldn't touch them. Then after they went on a few days, they realized that those guys were from nearby. But they had already made an agreement that they would never kill them. And so they couldn't break their word. That was how important it was. But when Saul came on the scene, Saul came and broke that agreement and started killing all those guys. And so there was a famine in the land. And so one day... 
David got up and said, what have I sown to reap this thing? What have I sown to reap it? What have I sown to reap this? Unhappiness, famine, confusion, crying, no food, no breakthrough. Why? What have I sown to reap it? And God showed him what he had sown. Brothers and sisters, I've been there when I've asked the Lord, Lord, what have I sown to reap this? And the Lord showed me, this is what you've done. Go and do this and this and that to undo those seeds that you've planted. When God saved the madman of Gadara, he told him, go home and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you. The Bible says he went around for 10 cities, Decapolis, proclaiming the great things that the Lord has done. When God has redeemed you, you must go to the other end, proclaiming the will of the Lord and doing the uttermost you can to undo all the negative things that maybe you may have planted inadvertently or without knowing. And I believe that God will bless you. The Lord give you wisdom. Amen. Stand to your feet. As the person next to you, what have I sown to reap it? As the person next to you, did I sow any seed to reap this? God, give me wisdom. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Father, give us wisdom to see maybe some seeds that we spat out of our mouths without knowing. Lord, give us wisdom. Guide us. Bring us into your eternal will and covenant. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, raise up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you briefly. Raise it up high. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Pastor, pray, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Lift up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see all your hands. Come to me in the front here and I'm going to pray a special prayer as we close this morning's service. Come, come to the front. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. When you see these young ones coming to give their life to Christ, I always remember Pastor Eddie. He gave his life to Christ when he was 13 years old. Since then, he has never been the same. Amen. Say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. From today, I am yours. I will serve you, Lord. I will follow you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father. Accept me, Lord, as your son and your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.